everybody welcome to another episode of our mainline podcast we are joined again by sinotalk and we're going to be talking about some drama that's been going on with the chinese foreign ministry in recent weeks especially with now former foreign minister ching gong now before we get into that of course this podcast and all of our other podcasts are part of northern provisions llc Check out the Lethal Minds Journal, a veteran and active duty publication focusing on foreign and military affairs, art, and culture. Take a look at the journal's bulletin from the borderlands. It's a bi-weekly foreign affairs publication from multiple talented intelligence analysts and independent journalists. Head over to lethalmindsjournal.substack.com or Instagram at lethal.minds.journal to see more. Also, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash analyzeeducate or you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash analyze and educate. Both of those help uh, support us as well. So we really appreciate anything you guys send our way. And with that being said, we'll head into the episode. Okay, everyone, I'm here with Sinotalk. How's it going, man? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about, you corrected my pronunciation, uh, Chingong, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the uh, now former uh, foreign minister of China. And we're basically going to be talking about uh, what's been going on with him. I think he's kind of been missing for the better part of a month, right? And now he just officially got replaced either yesterday or two days ago. Yesterday, he they had the meeting on their time in uh july 25th where they had um voted to remove him and appoint wang yi as the uh, new as the uh, current uh foreign minister okay and and they that voted to remove him they is the standing committee of the uh, national people's congress right yeah okay and refresh my memory in in those uh we're listening what exactly does the standing committee of the npc do so what they do is it's a select group of the npc they get together and make or pass laws throughout the year uh whenever the npc is not in session so the npcs usually meet one one per once per year um usually around march maybe maybe april depending upon circumstances but they meet throughout they they meet once once a year and they talk and delegate um different draft laws and um basically hear the input of various other individuals that are notable within chinese society such as um celebrities um businessmen uh astronauts or takaonauts and various other people who they feel as if they should be there. Oh, okay. And uh, Xi Jinping, he is not on this committee or is he? No, he's not on this committee. This is, this is the way I see it is that the, the best way to explain it is that it's like Congress, but, um, it's like Congress, how, or the best way to explain to explain it is that um, let me start over. Is that it's almost like Congress in the fact that the highest person there is the Speaker of the House or the Speaker of the Senate. 
Okay. And so, yeah, so the president doesn't get involved. The only time whenever he does get involved is if he has to sign something, like a presidential order to approve, quote unquote, the um, what they pass. Got it. Okay. And so this is separate from the CCP standing committee. Yes, it's completely separate. Okay, got it. And what exactly does the CCP standing committee do? They meet. Uh, they meet to. Um, they meet from time to time to talk about major political uh, party issues. Um, do you know study sessions, quote unquote. Um, also, you know, delegate. Um, not delegate, but uh, approve or disapprove. Um, investigations of CCP officials, <laughs> such as Shingon, <Okay>. <laughs> such as the subject of today. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's one of those things in which there's two standing committees. Um, the CCP standing committee only cares about the party, whereas the NPC standing committee only cares about bureaucracy and the state. That doesn't mean that there's that there's no overlap. There is, I want to say, half of the standing committee, NPC standing committee, also fulfills also on the CCP standing committee. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah, getting into Mr. Ching Gong, um, what should we know about him? What, what's so important about this guy, other than the fact that he's a former foreign minister? Yeah, so what's very interesting about Ching Gong is the fact that he goes up the ranks rather quickly. He used to be the the Amer the Chinese ambassador to DC before his appointment to the foreign the foreign before his appointment as foreign minister. Um to give you a point, like he was only in this job for approximately five or six months. Okay. Before he so before he was removed. And then not only that, but just the manner in which he was actually proved, picked by Xi kind of indicates that he has a lot of a lot of uh, she actually believed in him and that uh, she liked him she actually he may have been a very loyal uh, person to she because of the fact that he jumped two or three positions to become a foreign minister oh wow uh do do we know of any sort of relationship they had before him taking uh, the post of foreign minister? Not that I'm aware of. But then again, I I didn't look too deeply into him uh, regarding that. But I wouldn't be too surprised if he did have some type of relationship because just the mere fact that he um, just the mere fact that he moved that she moved him that. Um, that um that uh moved him from the uh, ambassadorship to the FM, the foreign minister position, when clearly there was no real reason for him to do that. So there is a definite relationship, and you know I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, point this out. It would be kind of hard for Xi, he held positions in Fujian. Um, uh, Ji Jong and then also Shanghai, whereas, you know, uh, Chen, he was more of a diplomatic role. And some will argue that he, some will argue that he was actually a spy. So, but, 
but where he was actually where they could have possibly met was whenever she actually got uh was installed in power and he wanted to see who would be potential loyalists to him and i think she um chin uh, actually stood out because of his because of his adherence to the wolf uh, wolf warrior uh, diplomacy. Okay, it, just real quick, I think you may have talked about it before, but just real quick again, what exactly is wolf warrior diplomacy? Yeah, so wolf warrior diplomacy is a Chinese diplomatic tactic where they were aggressively takes. Uh, push back or make these statements against perceived uh, threats against China or perceived statements against that soiled Chinese name or China's name, if you will. So you really do see them making these threats, making this, uh, making statements as, as, you know, there's no such thing as, you know, the East China, uh, the Philippines claim is in the East China Sea. There's no claim within, Japan doesn't have a claim on the Dayu on the uh, Dayutai uh, Islands, or uh, the United States can't really talk about um, human rights when they treat minorities uh, badly. Things such as that, to where you know it, they they aggressively push China's foreign policy goals as on other people or on other nations. So, a best example of this is when the is whenever the whenever australia um, pushed back against china's uh interference in elections and also in security as well as society they the united uh china actually in place embargoes and they made a lot of and the foreign ministry made a lot of noise both in in terms of public statements but then also uh formal complaint with the embassy in Canberra. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he is. Um, I don't think he is. Okay. Because if he was, he would have... If he was, then his track would have been more prestigious, if you will. Um, as opposed to like him going through like foreign ministry, things such as that, but he's not. He's not. I don't think he was a penciling. I don't. I doubt it because he doesn't seem like this. His background and career just doesn't seem as if he was a penciling. Okay, got it. Well, man, I guess we might as well uh, head into it. What happened with this guy? Yeah. So, beginning in late June twenty. Late June, around like June 26th, 27th or 26th, he disappeared from public. Like uh, he didn't, he didn't fulfill any of his foreign um, ministry minister roles. He pretty much disappeared. Like for instance, he was supposed to meet in Jakarta for an ASEAN or for an ASEAN meeting or. For a um, for Asian meeting with the other foreign ministers, and so whenever that happened, uh, Rangi went instead. The new, the new, well, the new, the new, new uh, uh, 
foreign minister, he he went instead, and he actually stood in for various other roles as well. Uh, stood in for uh, Chin uh, for very uh, in various other capacities as well as foreign minister. And so that kind of made people wonder. And then also with that, the foreign ministry didn't acknowledge at all that he was missing. They would say that, hey, um, uh, we have report like whenever foreign uh, reporters ask them during the um, daily press conference, they would ask them, hey, I mean, do you know if Ching Nong is okay? If he do we have tell reports that he's uh, has health issues, things like that, and they said we have no idea what you we have no idea what you're talking about, and left it at that. And then another one, another time. They said, like, they pointedly asked, so does he have COVID? And he said, no, we don't know. And then the final time, whenever the Times London article that came out, talking about uh, an alleged affair between uh, Chen and Gu Xiaotian, a Phoenix TV reporter, whenever that came out and, and, the, uh, and a foreign, uh, foreign reporter asked Asked uh, a spokes, uh, spokesperson there in the during the same daily pre uh, conference, during another daily conference, the same thing. He said, "We have I don't know what you're talking about. The foreign policy, the foreign ministry is running is running fine. All all um, all function it's all it's all functions are going full steam ahead and." What was the most interesting aspect of all three meetings is that they were not on any of the official readouts of every press conference. They were not. I went back and looked on both the Chinese and English uh, foreign ministry sites, and I couldn't find them. Which says that they're trying to, which kind of points to the fact that they just didn't want to acknowledge it and also just try to sweep it under the rug. So given the time that he sort of disappeared, I'm guessing he missed uh, the visit of Secretary Yellen as well, right? Yep, yep. he missed that one. That was another major uh, visit that he missed. He missed okay. several. Yeah, I imagine um, that would that would definitely raise uh, some eyebrows, just that alone. Yeah, it did. He missed that one, and that kind of what brought up the uh, – Kind of made everyone wonder, start wondering, like, where is this guy at? But then it also got, um, then it also picked up steam because he not only missed the uh, ASEAN meeting, Wang Yi went instead, but he also missed another meeting where they, uh, the EU had to cancel a meeting between the Secretary General and him because he was allegedly sick. So what what's going on with this uh, Phoenix TV reporter and these rumors? Uh, yeah, so the rumors the rumors is that she, her and Chin had an affair, and it started around maybe late twenty, maybe late, uh, maybe late twenty twenty two maybe, or that's whenever 
the child was conceived, but it was it was ongoing because of the fact that a child was she, uh, Fu gave birth to a kid and she's not married and she's just wondering and it kind of brings to mind who fathered the child, but then also just some, a lot of uh, social media posts that she made kind of indicate who's the daddy, who's the daddy is. But no, um, Fu Xiaotin, she's a Phoenix news reporter. She she was a graduate of Cambridge University, um, as well as as well as um, Peking uh, Peking University, and as well as as well as um, yeah, I apologize. No, no worries. As as well as let's see, she has two degrees. It's kind of hard with her. Um, Peking uh, University and the Beijing Language and Culture University. But what was interesting is that she got her a, a master's from the church of from, from the church of college at University of Cambridge. And that's after that, that's whenever she joined Phoenix TV, and well, she became a London chief correspondent, and she gradually moved up the ranks to where she held uh, she held her own talk show such as that, that was called. Okay, so she's a she's a fairly prominent reporter then. Yeah, she she was. I mean, she was. What really got bothered with the prominence was the fact that she went to Libya during the um, civil war. Okay. Yeah, and then like after that, that's whenever she uh, began hosting the Talk of World Leader Show, which the she actually interviewed Ching and Chin um, in Washington D.C. Okay, so is that kind of possibly where they met? See, I don't know. Because a lot of the stuff doesn't add up. Because, for instance, she, for instance, for instance, she was in LA whenever at the same time as she was. Um, it's where she was. Uh, where she uh, said that she traveled uh, around March and around the last week of March, first week of April. And so that kind of coincides whenever Chen and Fu may have been in LA, but then also, but then also, but they were also in DC together throughout the uh, interview. But it's more, but it's more interesting that she left LA to DC on a private plane, especially whenever Chen uh, was actually there. And the reason why I say that is because if you do the math on her son Archen, or at least going by what she posted on a, another social media post, that she said the uh, she reposted an image of her hiking in LA at that time and it reminded her that her son was born uh, uh, born exactly 100 years ago on that day and so whenever you count back he kind of he was either born 
either in early to mid November 2022. So that kind of it kind it, so it kind of points to him being conceived in late February and early March 2022, give or take a few days or a week. And so that's why I say that's why I brought up you know Chen Trip because of the fact that he they were there in LA at the same time as he said as you know or as he alleges that um, Chen was uh, our Chen was conceived or uh, indirectly conceived. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not making this up, but I I thought I remembered something about you telling me that she was going around saying that uh, Chin was was the kid's dad. Or am I making that up? No, no, you, you're not making it up. This is and that's the beautiful part of it is the fact that she uh, she literally came out uh, various posts. She didn't say it in she didn't say it directly. He said it indirectly. But public posts. Yeah, po on various public posts. And the best example is um, is the post from March twenty uh, from March twelfth, where she says or March uh, it says March eleventh uh, on the uh, on the uh, on Sinawibao, but it's March twelfth. And um, she said she had a picture of him with the caption of, let's see who will still call me a foreign baby. And that was after, in the post come today, the NPC elected Chin as a state counselor. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then another post is the fact that she wishes her son, father, a happy birthday, but they can only do it from afar because he was on a quote-unquote mission. The uh, the time the date on that post was March 18th. Chen uh, was with she on Rishi in Russia, um, and so. On March nineteenth, and whenever you converted, whenever you convert the date and time of the post, that was also Jen's birthday. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things in which it's it's very confusing, but then also, whenever you look at the evidence, you kind of you kind of see it lining up. You kind of see it lining up. And it doesn't look good for uh, Chen. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of uh, interesting coincidences going on. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I mean, I understand there's like maybe one or two, but you know, after those posts, I mean, come on now. I mean, like you can't yeah. really hide it. And I mean, obviously, I I already know the answer, but I can't imagine anybody, uh, you know, within the Chinese government or or the Communist Party commented on these allegations no. or maybe no. not even allegations but uh yeah, they, i don't even know what i would call them coincidences that have been brought to light no they didn't order no they didn't they've um 
uh, Mao Ning, the uh, foreign policy, uh, the foreign ministry spokesman for that day, he sidestepped the uh, entire issue. They acknowledged the, um, they acknowledge it. And um, while like the her, the exchange was missing, like as I stated earlier, she literally um, from both the readouts, there is a clip of her of the foreign press of the foreign press conference on YouTube with uh, from a Taiwanese uh, news station that actually has her talking about it verbatim. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those things in which, like, whenever you try to hide it and then, like you paint it, you paint it in that matter, it it just shows that there's something to hide. Yeah, has has she been seen at all recently? Or I mean, is she still like going to work like nothing happened? Oh no, that's that's another thing. I was kind of glad you thought you brought that up because uh, Fu and maybe Archen is also Archen is also. Um, gone by they're also disappeared okay and when was the last time they've been seen around the same time as chen got it yeah so it's, it's one of those things whenever you see this you see all these coincidences and you kind of view it as hey are these just coincidences or are these interconnected yeah yeah as the uh as the saying goes, the math ain't mathin'. Exactly. Okay, well, I think that uh, that pretty much sums up uh, where uh, Mr. Chin is, or maybe not where he is, but what happened to him. Where do you think he is, now that I mention it? What do you I think, think happened in, to this guy? I think he's in Beijing. They're still holding him. Um, they're still deciding his fate, uh, so to speak. Um... Politically, he may not be, he may not be in the best of wins considering that he was removed, but the party, he's, he's still, his faith regarding party, regarding the party is still undecided. So we could see uh, his return. I mean, certainly not in, in the same, uh, you know, he, capacity as as his former position but you know in, in some sort of yeah i mean he would come back but he would be in such a dramatically uh lowered position that it, she won't even like talk to him and then yeah. also with that just the mere fact that he may just continue on as just a state counselor so but then also you know what was really interesting is the fact that and um, and I talked about this in the post I made yesterday about it, is the fact that, you know, they may, they uh, had a draft law about bribery, increasing the, uh, amending the penal code to strengthen the bribery laws. And that kind of caught my eye because that was the same day as they voted to remove Chen. So, but not only that, but just the mere fact that is just regarding uh, regarding uh, Chen and Fu's relationship, especially uh, with Fu having a garden named after her, uh, as K 
Cambridge, even though she's like a very, still a very young uh, woman who we can argue that her so-called accomplishments doesn't rate that. Mm -hmm. She, you know, but yet here she is as like a 36 year old, 35 year old, um, having a full blown garden in Cambridge for all mater named after her because she gave um, various financial gifts to the university. But there's been some talk about that uh, regarding it and how the foreign ministry actually had a helping hand in that. Okay. And so, so, so one, one quick, Oh, sorry. What's up? No, I was going to, I was going to add, so it's kind of, it, so it kind of leads me to believe that either Chen accepted bribes from her in terms of either, you know, money or sex and, you know, the baby came out of it or, you know, she, he bribed some officials and at the embassy in the, in the UK to assist. Okay, got it. Well, that actually that actually answers the question I was just going to ask you. Um, I was going to ask, I mean, why, you know, make him disappear? Why not just tell have him tell her to stop making stupid posts on social media and, and that'd be the end of it. Well just the mere fact that, you know, uh, this is a this is one of the really quote unquote cool things about Chinese domestic politics and its power structure. Is the fact that some some people probably seen these um, seen these posts who didn't like Chen or she and found, I figured this would be a good way to remove him from power and remove uh, and also strike at Chin's, uh, strike at Xi's power base. Okay, got it. So, so it's, you know, at least partially a self-preservation move by Xi. Yeah, more likely because of the fact that because of the fact that, you know, he cultivated this guy who is in a position that realistically he wasn't ready for, or some could argue that he wasn't ready for, or he wasn't, he didn't rate to be in that position. But just Yeah, the, fact, the, the line to taking that position is abnormal. Yeah, exactly. Just, and then also just the mere fact of how they handled it. Leading, leads me to believe that you know there was there may have been a power struggle struggle between like uh, they're not power struggles to say more like a a meh, a campaign to remove Xi to remove Chen to get at, to re, to reduce uh, Xi's power base however little they could be however however little that could realistically uh, work to reduce his power. Okay, got it. Um, well, what's uh, what's the deal with this guy that took over for him? Wang Yi. Okay, that was 
um, it was a very interesting pick, but then again, I'm pretty certain they didn't really have a choice. So Wang Yi used to be the um, used to be the uh, foreign minister before Chen uh, stepped in. Right before Chen. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So yeah. why do why do you get removed in the first place, or did he? Get oh, no, he, he didn't get removed. He uh, got a, a promoted. Oh, what was yeah. his promotion? He was the director of the Communist Party's foreign minister, uh, foreign affairs arm. Okay, got it. And just real quick, I mean, what would the what would the difference in those two positions be? He was so with Chen is that he was a so with the director, you know the the foreign part, uh, the foreign affairs commission. He mm-hmm. was mainly responsible for how um, the party interacts and provides oversight on topics related to foreign affairs. So you, you know how you know in the regular system, the foreign minister would be would take up that position. Yeah, you know he'll 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 direct you know foreign affairs with input from the president or input from the prime minister, things like that. That's not that's not so with uh, with China. They the uh, Central Foreign Affairs Commission, uh, the CCP's Central Foreign Affairs Commission will take that role, and that's more of a director slash advisory advisor role, where that person, while not officially connected to the foreign ministry, exercises a lot of power within that uh, within that within the ministry. Okay, so and, humor humor me a little bit could. Let's say uh, the the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, had the same sort of posts, like foreign affairs director, and they, um, quote unquote, advised Secretary Blinken on matters of foreign relations. Could that, is that kind of what it's like? Yes, but it would be also, they'll also advise the, the president as well. Okay. But I mean, obviously, they they would have a more um, they're more senior. influence over uh, over Blinken than they would like Biden. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, they'll have more influence over Blinken, but they also have a degree of influence with Biden as well. More so, if you're going to compare the two, you have more. Um, the director would have more um, influence than. Um, than Blinken just because he's belonging to the party. They they would have more so. Uh, again, tell me if this makes sense or not. But influence over Blinken and then influence with Biden. Yes. Okay. Yes. Whereas with Blinken, he can he can uh, he can influence maybe, but not to the same degree as that person because you have to understand it's almost it's the same concept as the chinese military commission and the um ministry of national defense it's a similar concept the minister of national defense has little to no power but he still sits on but he sits on both uh military central military commission because he has to 
he's actually one of the top he's actually one of the top people on the commission but those two power structures are completely cut off from each other whereas you know he could be in the capacity as foreign minister and say like well i want to or the uh, uh, defense minister i say i want to do this the uh, the cmc would be would essentially take it into consideration or outright ignore him but if you were to say that as you know to, as a chairman of the cmc they would actually have he would actually have more sway okay got it so going back to mr uh, wang yi here is he currently doing both jobs then yep that's why a lot of people are speculating that He's either going to be he's either going to be an interim foreign minister until they figure out who exactly could fill, have enough experience, legitimate experience, and for she's and for the, and for and in the case of not wanting to repeat another debacle like this again, less political baggage, aka you know skeletons in the closet, to fulfill that role, which. I look at the foreign ministry, I don't really see that, especially regarding a Washington, D.C. experience. Because while Chin has D.C. experience, it was more along the lines of him being a wolf warrior diplomat and not giving, not having that repertoire or relationship that one would need with a, with a, with a superpower like the United States in which they're trying to repair relations. Okay. So what do we need to know about this guy, Wang Yi? He's a wolf warrior just like um just like um Chen. He's a he's the type of person that will argue he loves pointing out people he loves uh, arguing. He will push back against a lot of U.S. Um, policy that they want that they that they uh, talk about with China. Not only that, but just the mere fact that they would try to. He has a history of meeting with people who who while a U.S. friend who are like he has a history of meeting with a lot more people than. Chen, Chen does for obvious reasons, but just the mere fact that he has those relationships makes him more of a thorn at our side because of the fact that he can now uh, look back and um, he can now go back and become be a more effective foreign minister than Chen was. Not only that, just the mere fact that he actually again going back to the old for uh, diplomacy aspect of him, he fought really hard about. With COVID nineteen, he fought hard against that. This guy, as far as like all the all the allegations against the Chinese government and all that, yeah, okay. he 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 was one of the main ones to push back against that. But then not only that, just the mere fact that he really is seen as a Xi loyalist as well. So if so, for anyone you know thinking of change will come uh, whenever this person. Uh, whenever uh, Wang comes back into the fold, it's going to be slowly 
mistaken. So I, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, obviously we won't see any, uh, uh, positive change in terms of, uh, you know, us warming relations with China and all that, uh, as, as long as he's in office, but do you think we'll see maybe a, a ramping up of China cooperating with people that are not necessarily our friends? I think so. And I was trying not to talk about this when I, in the previous question, but yeah, so he, he will, he would undoubtedly try to cultivate or recultivate those uh, relationships just so that he could be more, just so that he can provide Xi with a more of a base to um, extend a alternative multi-pole, uh, alternative pole that is built around big, but has a CCP slash China foundation on it. Okay. Yeah, because you have to understand um, the BRICS, well, yes, it's like Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. The foundation of that, um, of that organization, I don't know if you ever picked up on this, is China. No, the BRICS Bank, that's in, that's in China too, right? Or am I making that up? Is no, it, 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 is in, it is in, I want to say yes. Uh, matter of fact, I, Irma Rodinoff, the former president of Brazil is actually heading that bank right now. Okay. Yeah, so that should tell you about how China views this relationship with Brazil. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we could obviously notice, uh, especially since Lula came to office New Year's Day this year, uh, that they've been increasing uh, their, I guess, correspondence with Brazil and really Latin America as a whole. Um, yeah. Yeah, in recent recent months and within the past year. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I, and I think that goes to uh, a Chinese strategy of increasing pressure, excuse me, increasing pressure around the United States because of our increasing um, pressure around so, them in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So increasing pressure, like you know, in the South China Sea with the Philippines and Vietnam, and for, so for them. It's tit for tat. Like, okay, you you're doing this in our back in our perceived uh, backyard. We'll go back and do it. We'll go ahead and go do it over there too. But I think, and this is one of the more interesting aspects of any relationship with China uh, with Latin America is the fact that China doesn't. They always have the view that they're superior. And, you know, while that does work in certain areas, it, you kind of do see some pushback or potentially will see more pushback uh, from Latin America just because of their relationship with outside powers being, having, you know, form, uh, having uh, different treaties, different uh, directives, things like that being forced, essentially first down their throat in the case of the United States. So China would have to say carefully, but I don't see them doing that because they honestly don't care. Well, man, I think that's pretty much all I got. Got any closing remarks? 
No, uh, well, I do. It will be very interesting to see if Wong will be in that position permanently. And because it will showcase that, it will show that China doesn't really have a person that really knows foreign policy or, or can handle foreign policy with the United States because uh, because of the increasing, you know, control that she has and him wanting to destroy and him, and him uh, pushing back against Western influence within China. It will be really interesting to see if Wang is still in that position by October or even December. It'll be really interesting to see that. And which I personally think he more likely will be, but by that time, she and his other loyalists would have found someone by then, hopefully, to at least take on that, at least become a foreign minister. So let's let's say uh, Mr. Wong here does stay in the position for a considerable amount of time. Is that um, indicative of Xi Jinping not having a person that is uh, competent in the foreign relations realm to the extent that Wang is, and at the same time not as loyal to him as he would prefer? I would say it's more so... Yes, but I would say it's more so a competency. She doesn't have a shortage of people loyal down, either through you know authentic loyalty or through uh, being a cynicant. But just the mere fact that he had, he literally had to pick Wang Yi. Wang Yi literally had to go back and become be and be reelected. Be be voted as a uh, as a foreign minister says that they don't have it. And I don't think they will happen because of the fact that, again, she's increased the control and has pushed back against Western influence, makes it kind of hard for any any real foreign policy discussions to be made to be discussed. That even at like places like even at places such as Reming University, um, Beijing Chinese Foreign Affairs and Culture, uh, Foreign Foreign Affairs. Uh, Foreign Culture and Language University, um, uh, Xinhua, um, Jiaotong, Fudan, those places where you actually do see them making them, their math, where you actually see them, where you usually see those discussions being made, you kind of don't see them now. And it's because of she's uh, Hatred of Western influence within within the country. Yeah, so oh. it's it will be very interesting to see the articles that are put, uh, that are going to be pushed out by those think tanks and centers associated with those universities I mentioned, because of the fact that that kind of gives you an indicator of where China is going to go regarding foreign ministry, foreign affairs. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially I want to say. I forget the university. Um, it's in Shanghai, though, that is that actually has a center devoted to United States relations, Chinese United States relationships. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of papers are produced talking about this. 
Okay. Do, do a lot of those people get fed into the uh, the foreign ministry? Do you know? Uh, regarding St. King's University, yes and no. They mainly recruit, regarding foreign ministry, uh, there is a think tank slash university. Um, it's a think tank, but they issue out diplomas and degrees like a university. Uh, ISS, IISS or SSII. I, I forget the abbreviation, but, um, that school is seen as a feeder school for both the foreign ministry and, um, the foreign ministry, um, maybe the Ministry of Justice, um, Ministry of uh, Ministry of uh, uh, Treasury, things as that. But then also they also have the track of being a field school for various intelligence agencies. Okay. Yeah. So that that's the reason why I. I kind of hinted at, you know, or talked about how Chen has a lot of, it's kind of, of the allegation that he was a spy with diplomatic, operating under diplomatic cover. It's not, no, it's not really, it can't be definitively proven, but we, there's been some, there's been some evidence that, that kind of points to that. Okay. Fun stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh pretty much all I got for you. I mean, I think that was a pretty uh pretty good explainer, you know, not super not super short, not super long either, and just giving people an idea of uh what exactly is going on in the foreign ministry. Yeah, I mean it's one of the things in which it doesn't look good for them, but it had to happen. I'm pretty certain we'll probably hear something about like whenever, you know, the um investigation is completed. I'm pretty sure we're here something about Chin giving an accepting bribe, but then also with him, you know, adding with them with the CCP adding in charge of uh, the framing the party's good name. I forgot the actual charge, but saying that but acknowledging that he put the party in a bad position. It painted in a bad light. Okay. I, by having an affair and having a kid and that woman not being quiet about it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see the, uh, see what uh, the investigation or like the announcement of Brian Chen, uh, Brian Chen uh, this, uh, going forward. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll keep us up to date with that. That I have no doubt. Um, oh, I, I... What's up? No, I was going to say I will, because it's very interesting. I know. I, I was telling you before we started recording, but man, as soon as I saw this guy got fired, like I already knew you were cooking something up. Yeah, as soon I as I knew seen, Yeah, it's like as soon as I seen the announcement, oh yeah, like um, we're going to, uh, whenever the chairman said, hey, we're going to meet tomorrow. Uh, we're going to hold a meeting for the standing uh, committee tomorrow. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, we're going to. <laughs> yeah, and then and then not only that, but he said like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna vote on the approval and dismissal of people." Oh, oh, so it's so it's like that. Oh wow, <laughs> wow, y'all, that was quick. Damn. 
Oh man, how can the people uh, find your work and support you? That yeah, so I run the um, Instagram page. I know it's like you can find me on there. You can actually find the uh, Substack link. Uh, you can find the link to my Substack on there as well. Um, you can also find me uh, writing for the bulletin since I am the uh, Asia Indo Pac chief for the uh, for the region. So I'm writing. So I'm, I will always be writing. Uh, stuff that hopefully people find interesting so yeah well i you've been really uh helping us out with special reports and obviously your coverage on the bulletin every couple weeks um yeah and yeah we very much appreciate that you you've been really putting in some good work with us so if you guys are interested in reading up on more china stuff obviously check out uh his own sub stack his instagram page but also his work with the bulletin yeah well, good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. Um, thanks for being here again. I'm glad we could kind of knock this out, give a good explainer, and I'll yeah, have you again soon. Yeah, thank you, dude. I mean, I really do appreciate it, even though I was, I don't know if you could tell, but um, I'm under the weather right now, so. <laughs> oh, damn. Hope you feel better soon, man. That sucks. Yeah, dude, it's, it's I feel, uh, hopefully we'll feel better by like Friday, but it's one of those things like head colds really in summer, summer. Really? Yeah, just be a man. It's all right. <laughs> be a man. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And thank you for supporting this podcast. Of course, it means a lot to me. And you can find this on your favorite apps. That includes Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. You could find us on Twitter and Instagram and threads at Analyze Educate. That is all one word. Also, uh, you could find us on Telegram at Analyze and Educate. And please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Analyze Educate or at Ko-Fi at ko-fi.com slash Analyze Educate. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating on the app used to listen to this podcast. That helps us out a lot as well, and we really appreciate that. That's all I have for you guys right now. We will see you soon.